Conrad, Tokyo, Sparrow, Pistachio, just unnatural. The dog is off sabbatical. Rather watch an exigent. Politician, politics, CNN, and all this. Why, yo, who would the fuck up? Trump and an SNL hilarity. Troublesome times, kid. No time for comedy. Blood clots you're doing. Bullshit, just feeling. This is Revolutionary Radio Show. We bring you the real 24-7-365. Please, people, you for the culture and down for the cause, for the revolution. We are here to serve you and you're here to serve us because we need that. If you're for God, for yourself, for the culture, for the universe, then please bring your questions, your comments, your opinions, your perspective, your essence, your energy. I'm your host, Uray, and this is the Revolutionary Talk Show. Tolerance for devastation, got a hunger for sin. Every nation, abomination, let the coroner in. Crooked faces, red and blue laces for the color of men. Just embrace it and die alone, song of revelation. Reverence and cattle's racing, devils and demons and Deuteronomy. Fumigate on the economy, illuminate broken dreams and manifest our insanity. Look around, sayonara tomorrow, here's just blood on the ground. Sayonara tomorrow, here's just blood on the ground. Yes, 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 Wakanda, February 27th, 2018, it is the Revolutionary Podcast, I'm your host, Jiray, let's bring it in, we about to talk about pop culture today, man, so many things going on, Kylie Jenner doing a variety of things like she always doing, but we about to give you a perspective today on what it, what it means to be revolutionary in the aspect of hip-hop, pop culture, um, pop, R&B, you know, whatever it is that we going to discuss today. I got Ronti on the mic, Daniel, Malik, and and Margaret, and I'm going to give you a, a chance to, to chime in if some of y'all can, and a lot of the topics that we're giving out today is predicated on the, the aspect that people today are just getting so caught up into celebrities and in the mindset of like, oh, I want to follow this person because, you know, she got off Snapchat and, you know, the next guy right here, like, or Kendrick or whoever celebrity might be, um, it's, it's crazy to me to see that these people out here are like making these changes of their lifestyle because of what one person is doing. Life, you can't can't follow anybody, even a regular person, especially not a celebrity. But I guess that's what it means to be a star in this world. Um, so I think starting off, uh, I think it's important to talk about uh, how the, the the so much rave has gone with this this movie, The Black Panther, right? And a lot of people have really dressed up as like different costumes just going to move there during premiere night. Um, if any of you guys, uh, Daniel, Malik, or Margaret, or Ronte want to chime in, how did how'd y'all see when y'all saw on social media, like when someone was coming into a, a movie theater with Dashiki, when normally they didn't do that? <laughs> well, I, I knew they was dead ass now because everybody was talking about how, oh yeah, we're going to dress, dress up African style. So... I was like, hey, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, more publicity for the movie and the mm-hmm. all-black uh, cast, so, you know. As, like, as a, as an African-American, did you just feel like that was empowering to see that, like, people would really, like, go out their way 
on this day of a movie was just more so like a facade, like they were just following the trend type thing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't no facade. Uh, most definitely, it was empowering because uh, people, not even like people taking the time out even to do that or whatnot. But people was like posting it and like, you know. Uh, messaging it to their cousins or whatever just to get it out there like oh yeah we want to go see it then they probably want to go see it more than once so it's like it's very empowering yeah. to like young black kids because like that went to go see the movie or couldn't go see it but not and then they could somebody you know bless them you know what I'm saying like we seen like celebrities or just like community community uh, activists uh, coming to schools you know paying uh, mostly all tickets for the kids or for the, you know for the uh, mostly african-american kids that can't go mm-hmm. and they pay their way so that's empowering. power yeah i found that even though it was empowering some people found that it was disrespectful to the african culture mm-hmm. even though like um people like to draw distinctions between african-american black or african and mm-hmm. my friend found that um it was disrespectful that people were just wearing dashikis and cultural things that they called costumes but weren't just actually clothes people wear and it means a lot to them so they made that their culture a costume and they found it very disrespectful i saw that discussion Mm -hmm. on facebook i found that i don't think that it was disrespectful personally i think that it was just to show light like hey like we're actually showing out your culture right and um we're trying to make we're trying to be a part of it and it was just literally a whole facebook post just bashing people and saying like why are you wearing our clothes like your costumes like well that's not what it's intended right i Mm -hmm. can't please everybody yeah i see like from where that's coming from, I think it has to do with like, you know, different, like different perspectives that people come from. Like, if you know about like tribal clothing and all that stuff and you see somebody wearing it, you're gonna respect it how, how it should be treated. But it comes from someone that like wrote something about it on Twitter or on a, on a newsletter or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about it, they, they don't know about it. So probably call it a costume and then that's how it'll, uh, somebody else who comes from the African culture gonna see that and be like, why why are people disrespecting my culture like this when really they don't just know they don't know about it about it. So like mm-hmm. so yeah. Um no I feel like it's it's very interesting like when you talk about like culture appropriation and usually we tend to use that, that term when we're talking about like okay, white folks or Asian folks get, getting on African culture, African American culture. And a lot of times that is the case, and it's funny that you bring that up because it's like it's interesting to see if, if African Americans can do that to Africans. But like for me, I feel like it's just Black Panther is just a vehicle for African Americans to get closer to African culture. Although they're not, their mindset is might not be African mindset, but that that getting on pop culture, uh, wearing the dashiki, doing those things. It's probably like one step closer to on their African journey to going back to Africa, whether it be mentally, physically, or spiritually. Um, and for us as African people to to knock them for that, um, I wouldn't get mad at for the person doing it, but it, it depends on what they do after the fact, right? So yeah. if they're after the fact, they're like, you know, start being a coon again, just like being just a nigga or whatever, then I guess then that's when you like, okay, yeah, he's just on the trend right well it's just you have to protect your culture basically like Mm -hmm. how Kim Kardashian came out calling cornrows boxer braids Mm -hmm. she got a lot of crap for that you literally 
she she has a black husband. She has black children. You should, you all people should know. Like don't don't take things and then call it a different name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not boxer braids. Boxers might have those braids, but these are cornrows and they originated in Africa. They're not Dutch braids, they're not boxer braids. So it's just it comes down to um, people being like they're being afraid. Like first you steal this, you steal our hair, you steal our lips. Now people are gonna start stealing the way that we dress. So that's probably what they were afraid about on Facebook. Um, any thoughts, Daniel? What do you think? Do you think, like, um, a- African Americans are copping, copping Africans' culture? I'm not even hip about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I never watched it. But on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen, like, yeah, yeah, people I mean, dressed up. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of memes, yeah. Like, so, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, I mean, I feel like people just representing for who they are. Mm-hmm. It's showing some people, like, different who we are. Mm-hmm. So like if you saw an individual walking down the street and he, he was wearing that that dashiki and you know he was just like a nigga, like not like to degrade him, but I'm saying you know he was just like a thug, has an African American mindset, which is a lot different from an African mindset, right? And then he's walking going to the the movies in that dashiki, then the next day you see him in class completely different. And he's talking Early, the, the, the day before, you saw about asking the power, Wakanda, all this bullshit. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like that's a, a, a big change in mindset? Do you feel like he's just like a I coon? Mean, I feel like it's something that like it helps everybody like be aware about, but I don't think it's gonna last long. Mm-hmm. Just with like a little fun, mm-hmm. positive externally. Right, right. Yeah. Like, but, but oh. still like gets like the culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like since we're talking about African culture, um, a lot of things have ha- happened in the past couple of years. Like, for instance, with Beyonce at the Super Bowl, her halftime show, that was very, like, tribal and, you know, empowering for, you know, not just African people, but black mm-hmm. people in general. Blaming Bruno Mars and... Uh, yeah, when she was doing the stepping... Oh, because I don't know cuz, man. I think like, it was about three years ago when uh, New Orleans Saints were playing the, the Colts. But she did her whole halftime show. I'm going, I'm going way back. That was that wasn't three years ago. That was three years ago. I don't know what exactly. I'm just saying. A long time ago, but it was three years ago. Right, right. But um, so in terms of like that dance, and then even like with Kendrick and the Grammys, a lot of this I stuff is very like that was empowering, monumental, yeah, yeah to a, towards a movement of liberation. Do you guys feel like even when celebrities do it, is that like? Appropriation? Are they copping out? Are they copying? I feel it. Uh, I mean, it really depends on like who, because you know, as Margaret was saying with like Kim, like she just didn't really know like where it's, it was coming from. But when you talk about Kendrick or Beyonce, mm-hmm. when they go and perform and they use all these, they use things from like African culture or African American culture. They're using it because they know like they've done their research or whatever and they're using it because they know how it's going to empower the viewer how it's going to affect the viewer and they're they're not just using it just because they're trying to hop on a trend true Mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like they're hopping on a trend Margaret? I hate to play the devil's advocate guys but um, what was Beyonce singing about a couple years ago? Freedom before Before that before that I know Um, people evolve but Beyonce has always been about the sexy and the crazy and love and 
Yeah. So now that she's come, like she's getting older, I feel like they know as artists what will sell and what will hit people and impact people the most. I understand that. Kendrick has always been about the black empowerment from day one. Beyonce, she's probably opening her eyes and enlightening it because she was, she was, th- she was there, but she wasn't for black people. She was just for women. Mm-hmm. Beyonce was, was more, she was a feminist. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, she wasn't looking at color. So now when she switched over, people were shocked. A lot of women all over Facebook. I don't like Beyonce anymore. She used to sing about love, and now she's singing about just black stuff. And I've literally seen this on my Facebook from my friends. So I'm just like, well. And then Beyonce, she just rolled with it, and I respect her for it. Like she got a lot of backlash for a lot of her songs in the Super Bowl, but she just didn't care. She started rocking her cornrows again, like she did in the '90s, and she just stopped caring. Got back to her natural hair. So you know what? Maybe you can say it's manipulation. Maybe not. I don't think so. But you never know what someone's true intentions are. Mm-hmm. But Beyonce, I'm iffy with Kendrick. I just feel 100% that he's always good for it. Mm-hmm. So that's my stance on it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel like as a musician or an artist, because at the same time, like as an artist, you are an entrepreneur at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you feel like the market is pushing a, a, an, an African empowerment, you know you can act a certain way to project that you're, you're that type of person, would you do it? Yeah. For, for monetary reasons but how would you feel about yourself as an African person when you know deep down you're not that type of person like if you're just fronting just to get like right. yourself ahead right mm. well it depends yeah for real but if it's like 5 million 10 million dollars paycheck I mean it's not even about that like it really all depends mm-hmm. like on what the action mm-hmm. or what's it called the cause and effect you know right. what I'm saying? I could the, the cause will I could get money to help out such and such. You can pay that, pay. But the effect of the people who I was, you know, they looked at me as a role model, or like, or I've you know took in somewhere, or I was like paid for college or something. How they how they gonna look at me now? I'm being a hypocrite basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I really gotta think about what I'm really doing, or what I, what's my what's my goal here in this? Because I know this is a part of a once in a lifetime chance. You don't know when the next time you're gonna get that chance, so you really gotta think about it. Right? Are you willing to go down this road? You're not basically you're not selling out. You're just giving up mm-hmm. on what you started or what you believed in. That's not selling out. Selling out is just believing in something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just stopping what and what you believe in to go after something like money wise to to promote your music that you already trying to get off for like the last five years. Then it's really a, a think a thinking process of what you gotta do. Right, right. Okay. Um uh, earlier before we started the podcast we were talking about uh who's the best female artist and then you mentioned that Birdman said Birdman said in the interview uh that Nicki Minaj uh and he said this and I quote Nicki Minaj is the uh, best female in modern time. Modern time mm-hmm. and she is very, very, very talented. And basically, he says the most blackest shit of them all. There's levels to this shit. There's very, ma- there's very much levels to this shit. So, I kind of agree with him. I kind of agree because I've been listening to Nicki Minaj since she came out. Not like a huge fan, but that's all I've been hearing is in, in, in features and her own songs and, and shit. So, she's she's really made a big name for herself, and she and she she's a role model. She's have 
She got like Cardi B coming out now off the water. Like she's she's a she's a star now that actually came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. literally. So just to see that and see like more females trying to come up there or like other females before Nicki Minaj try to not say make a comeback, basically make a comeback because of her her role change in the business. Like she paved the way for some for some women to uh, to, to do hip hop. Right, in right. a different style, in a different type of capacity. Because, mm-hmm. like, back when Biggie and them, you had Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. They said Lil' Kim and Nicki Minaj was kind of the same. So, what, what can you say about Lil' Kim? Did she pave the way for Nicki Minaj? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Now, like, that's a good point you made that Nicki Minaj, and probably even before that, other primetime, uh, black female rappers paved the way because hip-hop is a very masculine uh, uh, dominant genre and you know I think given that uh, a lot of artists female artists have arised out of it um, Cardi B being one of them uh, was it Ray Ma another one um, but like how do you guys feel like do you think <laughs> Nicki Minaj is still one of the top people. Yeah. Over Cardi B. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. She's a hard worker. Nicki Minaj is a really, really hard worker. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the great. He said greatest female rapper. Yeah. And hard, hard working and making moves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe style and delivery. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But hard worker. Yes, she is. And Cardi B, ten years ago, would not be who she was today without Nicki. Sorry, she wouldn't be. You did, with the stuff she's rapping about 10 years ago, they can be like, what? Are you Lil' Kim? Who are you? So they would they would compare her to Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. And if it's not Lil' Kim, then it's going to be Nicki. Who else is it? She's not gonna, they're not going to compare her to Remy Ma. Remy Ma made a camp comeback just because of Nicki Minaj. She did make a comeback because of her, because of that beef. That beef made her come back. Mm-hmm. Whether it was strategic or planned in the industry, I don't know. But their beef made Remy Ma come back because she was gone for years. Right. So now she's back. People know her name. Mm-hmm. So I think that Nikki is up there. She's a hard worker and she's a strong woman and they're they're just following her trail of crumbs. Right. Um, Kevin actually just uh, dropped into the studio so we about to put him on the spot. Uh, Kevin, what do you, how do you feel about um, these new female rappers coming to the top? Do you feel like they're almost at the same uh, level as like these other rappers we call them as like you know mama rappers you feel like they actually have any like value to the game or they just go for mainstream media no I see females bring a whole different vibe to music period and music is dominated by males and sadly but females bring a whole different vibe to music and in hip hop you don't have females rapping and bringing their Song. I sold a song on my 
sing on it. I can't bring that type of vibe to that beat. So if I bring a female rapper on that beat who can also who can use her voice and bring that type of like you know, like I don't even know how to explain it fully like a vibe that Feminine presence brings, yeah, right? You feel me? Just the feminine presence just brings more. Uh, it's like a wavy, around, yeah. Yeah, all around warmth. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Togetherness. I don't know. Just that's what women can bring to the situation. No, I feel that. Um, definitely. Uh, I feel like, you know, given that the point that's how hip hop has transitioned uh, enormously, actually, because so many female artists have been able to overcome a lot of the misogynistic obstacles that you know just naturally what society has put yeah, on to I'll bring it back to right here home in the DMV Rico Nasty bro mm-hmm. she brought a whole new field of tragedy mm-hmm. a whole new field like nobody at all was doing that type of shit in trap music you talking about high high beats bubblegum type beats that like you would hear in Disney Channel and then she's bringing that shit to, the, to trap music not even hip hop we're talking about trap the trap with that shit. She brought that shit to the trap. And now you got whole trap gun holding ass niggas in a video talking about Hey Arnold or mm-hmm. Hi Carly. And like, <laughs> like that's a whole different type of energy you bring into the trap, bruh. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't even imagine that type of shit back in the day. Back in the day, uh, females was rapping, they was trying to be like men. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, look at Queen Latifah, MC Light, they was rapping like that. sound like men, they're bringing a, a new vibe to it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody trying to be themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's how hip-hop is transitioning, but you know, on the negative side, a lot of, like, the, the dudes that were coming up in the 90s who were very, like, political, like, N.W.A., Tribe Called Quest, I mean, you know, it goes on. A lot of the dudes coming up now, like, <laughs> Little Pump, uh, various dudes, I feel like it's just killing the game. I, I think hip hop is transitioning to a negative side on the mainstream part, where people, you know, people our age are between like 20, 25, 28, are starting to, you know, visualize that hip hop is, is going to this mindset, and it's not really like about political change anymore. It's just like dumb you down with codeine or. It is. It is up to individual, but but it, it, if me, me and you, we see that shit going on in the streets where other people are listening to this music on a daily, like religiously, we have to say something about it. Otherwise, it's our fault, too. I mean, if we're not taking no blame about it, then this is how hip-hop is going to transition as a society for the mainstream part. I mean, there's Joey Badass, there's all these other guys, but they're not getting as much flame as the other guys because they don't have the control. to see the Do you feel like hip hop is is coming to not to an end, but 
Was a negative, a big I mean, negative I, side to it. I just think music is just getting more softer. Softer? Yeah. How would you like conceptualize that? Yeah, that's the main thing. Like you gotta understand there's still a whole another scene to it that's still generating money and all that. It's just not the stuff in the limelight. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the the influence that hip hop has on social media and people in general. Um, I know Margo was talking about that earlier about that should be one of the topics today. But I really do think that, you know, hip hop is, is making a, a big impact on, you know, children growing up in high school and middle school where they feel like, you know, holding these guns in their hand <laughs> and killing niggas in the street. That's that's the best thing they can do. Uh, and that's sad to see that that's what the world we're going to. Um, because these are the kids that are going to be paying off Social Security. But it's the, it's the fact that, okay, it's not trap music that's killing me. It's the fact that we are selling the trap lifestyle through the music. Mm-hmm. And not saying, okay, this is where we came from. Don't do this. Do this. Like, niggas aren't out there, like, trying to give them the blueprint. They're out there saying, oh, yeah, I was living this life. Woo, woo, woo. It was fun. Like, they're glorifying the lifestyle. Not putting it down and saying, mm. all right, this is the right way to do it. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. You can rap about all that trap shit, but relate in a way to tell somebody that, okay, this is not Absolutely, the way to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then you got to throw in the fact that, like, a lot of, like, other mechanisms beyond rap and hip-hop have influenced um, the actual behavior of, of these kids, you know, making these decisions because of mass incarceration with their fathers, uh, you know, Section 8 housing, a, a lot of things have played in the picture of, of people being locked up. Um, music is just one of the aspects that uh, creates another vehicle for, for black women, black men, and, and just human beings in general to lead a negative lifestyle. Um, but, you know, going forward, though, uh, you know, we discussed a lot about pop culture and how that influences uh, social media and society. Um, one of the things we didn't really bring up is how Kylie Jenner, and, you, you know, Marvel, you know a little more about the topic, so you have a better idea of explaining to the, to the people what happened when uh, Kylie Jenner said she wouldn't be on Snapchat anymore. So basically, Kylie went on Twitter and said, does anyone even use Snapchat anymore? She didn't even say she was going to stop using it. That's all she said. Just from that one tweet alone, Snapchat stock, they lost $1.4 billion in stock in that one day, from that one tweet. And um, I find that crazy. Just just to mention, from a socialite, that's what she is. She's a very noble person. She's a socialite. And in society, just one mention of anything negative towards a company or anything, they could lose everything. Snapchat obviously is worth more than $1.4 billion, but that's still a loss. It might come back, it might not. So she's been posting a lot more. I think that they've reached out to her, but it's crazy how your words really have a strong effect on somebody else's life, somebody else's company. Just just a tweet, you know. Um, Beyonce gets paid $1 million per Instagram post, you know. That's that's what social yeah, media is being told. It's the people that into. run the companies at the end of the day, yes. us who make the money. that just emphasizes on the fact of what we have to do as a people to you know not just black people African people but more so like small business you know the 99% that we really do have to like 
take ownership of, of our own voice and this is why we you know we created the revolutionary podcast to have our own opinion on things because when you know 95 90 percent of of all the the national media is owned by you know viacom and um disney and the various other organizations uh we can't really have, have much to say um Disney on ESPN, they have a whole rack of shit too. Didn't they, didn't they just buy Fox? They probably did. Um, and, and that makes a good point because you know mm-hmm. we've seen when you know Bill Cosby or Michael Jackson or even uh, Prince when they try to buy some shit nope. from these big ones, they were like, nope. bam, got shot. Uh, or even own their own uh, their own records, right? And I think that's what happened with, with Prince and Michael Jackson. Um, the whole conspiracy behind that. Yeah, all artists back then had on their records. Uh, under Lauren Hill right now, she can't perform any of her songs over those original beats. Mm-hmm. And she like, talked about her own lyrics too. So Prince, he would he he didn't want his music on YouTube. He didn't want his music on Spotify or none of that. Right when he died, right because they couldn't put him in the grave before his music went on Spotify. Mm-hmm. He didn't want it on Spotify because he's like. I made this music. You're gonna buy it. You're gonna buy my CDs, and you're gonna buy it from a notable resource. They were like, "No, YouTube wanted it so bad. You can't find. You couldn't find a, a Prince video on YouTube. No way you can find any of his videos, his songs. But now, all over Spotify, the best of Prince. Like, it's just sad because he didn't want this to happen. But you wait till this man dies, or you kill him and you take his stuff, yeah, or his family, you quit and sell it too. Mm-hmm. But it's all about money. But they didn't respect his wishes. I mean, and let's just clarify, like, it wasn't because Prince was, was ego, he wanted to keep all his music, he wanted to, like, get a high profit margin, it was just, like, he didn't want, like, some other, either white person or whoever just to, like, take his shit and sell it for his own game. You know, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild, like, and the fact that you can get killed for it is even crazy, and, and people don't even realize that it's just astonishing. And Prince made it through the 80s and the 70s, 80s with a, um, without a drug overdose. How many overdosed in the 2000s? Let's be honest. Prince was not, maybe he was doing a little here and there, he was not ODing on drugs. He would have been already taken out in the 80s and the 90s. Like, where right. drugs are prevalent. Right. Okay. Like making free love. Making free love era. Free love era. But he made it to the 2000s and now, mysteriously, he dies of a drug overdose. No, they say 80s. What? They say 80s. Oh, it's 80s now? They, uh, they, do, they did say that. At first, they said drug overdose. There was a whole Usually, that's that's what they said. It was like blowing out AIDS. And I was like, how the hell he get AIDS? And he just did like a one man show mm-hmm. the day before. Right. They killed him on the plane. It's like it's common sense when people they yeah. add the stories and then then you try to put the story together. Mm-hmm. They just lie right in your face right. on t- on national TV. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me the man had AIDS and he just did a uh, one man performance mm-hmm. like hours or a day before he died. You get you get. News organization like Fox to say some shit. All right, Fox said it, nigga. What you mean? <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> so it's like, what, what you going What's your opinion, man? Yeah. Fox I mean, uh, you have no credibility. <laughs> no credibility at all. When you know a lot of designers, Jews own all of the media. Um, and I, you know, I think we we discussed a lot today on episode seven. Um, going to episode eight, we will discuss more about you know what it means for revolution and whatever domain of life you feel like for that week. 
Um, and we'll talk more about that you know, in the later Instagram post or other social media outlets. Um, does anybody else have any final comments to say before we, we dip off? Quavo. <laughs> Offset. <laughs> Who's the other guy? That's so sad. <laughs> That's so sad. I don't know. Lift off. Hold up. Lift off. See, lift off. See that dumbass rap name? That's not his, that's not his <laughs> name. Dumbass rap name. That's not his name. It's Quavo, Offset, and uh. Sorry guys. Wait, is that person like the most person that's not nah, Quavo is relevant? Bro. Quavo's, Quavo's the main they all relevant. Quality control as a label is like But when he comes in he's just <laughs> like you don't really know he's the person that you hear on features is Quavo. Complex complex just did a documentary on quality control. We got uh coach P uh Amigos and Yachty all to sit in the table and talk about like to come up with quality control. Good ass documentary. Y'all should watch that shit. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. like quality, quality control is a black owned label, which has control of like some of the biggest B&T. acts in the industry right now. Mm-hmm. Yachty and Amigos, like oh. there are Yachty has like endorsements from Target, Sprite, yeah, like yeah. Monica. Yeah. The Amigos are everywhere. They're like, they're like, uh, what fucking Russell Simmons and them were back in the oh, in the day. You feel me? The right now. Nah, I don't think they're Beast Boys yet. White people love them. Shit, wild, bro. But aside from Offset, um, anybody, anybody else, anybody else, anybody else? No. Well, that's the end of the Revolutionary Podcast, episode oh, yeah. seven. Chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Condo. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> Sorry.